You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Hello, and thank you for joining me today on the CLE Foodcast. This week, I caught up with Michael Januska of Old Brooklyn Cheese and Old Brooklyn Mustard. Since starting his business in 2016, Michael has had enviable success, but it's not been without a lot of pivots and changes. He's going to tell us what he's got coming up for 2022, including some mustard on tap. Yes, please. My January partner is Perfectly Imperfect Produce, and I hope you've taken advantage of the CLE Foodcast discount. Use code CLE Foodcast on your first order and save 20% off meal kits or boxes of rescued produce. My delivery this week was a selection of diced and easy a la carte items, all prepped and ready to use. I plan to make pasta primavera with the pre-cut squash and peppers I received. And I also got a soba noodle superfood bowl meal kit. Doesn't that sound delicious? Perfectly Imperfect sources all kinds of fruits and vegetables, many from Ohio farms when in season, and washes, prepares, and boxes them up for home delivery. The best part is that these slightly imperfect items are kept out of landfills because there's nothing wrong with them at all. Follow me on my social media accounts to see what I received and some of the things I've cooked using Perfectly Imperfect produce. Visit perfectlyimperfectproduce.com, click on the Diced and Easy option where you'll see recipe kits for fully prepped meals, a la carte prepped produce, pre-made salads and grain bowls, and even some snacks. Get started today and remember, use the code CLEFOODCAST to save 20% on your first order. Back to today's episode. I sat down with Michael Januska at his Old Brooklyn store to talk about his most recent Good Food Foundation Award, which he won for his delicious Bohemian Blend Mustard. His business started out being all about the cheese, but his own line of whole grain mustards has done really, really well. Thanks to some shout outs by Michael Simon and others. Michael also makes it a point to help out local makers, giving them shelf space in his stores. And as I mentioned before, he's figured out a way to have his mustard varieties on tap. Listen in and then head to one of Old Brooklyn Cheese's locations for a grilled cheese or a charcuterie board to go. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for inviting me here today to talk about and to celebrate your Good Food Foundation Award. It's got to feel really good. Um, I know it's not the first time that you were recognized for one of your mustards. So tell me about that. Every year we uh, submit to the Good Food uh, Foundation. Uh, They're based out of San Francisco. Uh, It's a national program that believes in um, sustainability and knowing where your products come from and a good relationship between people that sell it, people that grow it, and people that actually produce foods uh, separately. So this foundation, it's been running, I think it's over 14, 15 years now. And it's just grown into this really big network for small producers that can like meet, talk about food, um, figure out, you know, what's going on, current situations, obviously. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was great to to get a new product that we'd put out there and the Bohemian Blend um, tested really high, actually. So we won for best in Midwest, so they break up the country into five regions, mm-hmm. and then they take the three highest scores from that category. So we were kind of lobbed in in pantry. Yes. So it's a little bit of everything. So there's all kinds of different products in there. It did well, and there, it was supposed to happen over the weekend, um, which is, in, you know, February. The in-person awards. Or, sorry, yeah, yeah, the in-person in January, but they had to cancel it because of covid and then they pushed it to March now. Mm-hmm. So, but that's kind of like a little 
excuse to have like a mini vacation, I guess. Yeah. You know, go it out to, for us like here, you know, to go out to San Francisco and, you know, it, it feels nice too. Cause they, they've been missing out the past two years. Yeah. So they were planning on doing a quite a big elaborate one, but still safe, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had it mostly about 75% outside. So they were doing it at the, at the, um, the Palace of Fine Arts mm-hmm. in San Francisco. So it looks very, I don't know. The architecture of it is really nice. Mm. Um, so it was mostly an outdoor event, but then they also held, you know, the actual awards for about a uh, half an hour, hour mm-hmm. indoors okay. to do the presentation. But So this year's winner was your Bohemian Blend Mustard. Uh, tell me about that variety. But before you do that, I want to ask you, You this is not the first time you've you've won. You've won the last couple of years for different products, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about the span of mustard products that have won. So I went back and I had to backtrack and see what I actually did. And actually the Cleveland Caviar thing, uh-huh. the original IPA, uh-huh. was actually the first product I ever made even before we opened the cheese shop. Wow. So that was in 2016. Right. Okay. So, and I did that because we did a huge event with Toast mm-hmm. and Goldhorn Brewery in Ben Franklin's garden. It was awesome. It was like 80 people all in the garden, and they did the beer pairings, mm-hmm. and the guys from Toast, they did the food. And they because I was a new cheese shop and they were excited about it, they said, come and do your cheeses. And I said, I don't have cheeses. I'm not allowed to do them yet. They're not aged. Mm-hmm. So I needed something that we made. Mm. So I was like, all right, I talked to Joel, who was the brewer at Goldhorn. And I said, can I, you know, can you give me some beer and I'll make a beer mustard, you know, something. And I said, I want to do something fun that feels nice in your mouth yeah. that goes with cheese. Okay. So I had a presence there and I did, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm me, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be opening up a shop soon, you know, as soon as they give me the license. And, but at least I had something to say, oh, yeah, this is what I make. Yes. And we're going to make cheese, you know. Yes. So that's kind of where it started. And then people liked it, so we kind of just cold packed it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get a license because mm-hmm. it's it's well you were busy money. you were also very busy at the time opening a cheese shop <laughs> right and it's, you got to spend your money wisely when you first open because you know you don't know what's going to happen you know I, there was a reason why there wasn't a cheese shop in Cleveland mm-hmm. you know like brick and mortar situation sure. you know and I had no clue what was going to happen so you know I was still helping my dad's company out and then doing the cheese shop and you know half not half in half out. It was just, I needed to make sure it was going to be happening, you know. Of course. <clears throat> so that was the original IPA, which is the Cleveland Caviar, again, mm-hmm. called that because it is the whole mustard seed. It mm-hmm. sort of looks caviar-like. It pops in your mouth. Yeah. It definitely has a really unique mouthfeel. I don't think I was really familiar with that style until I tried your mustard. Yeah, that's the first one that I did. Mm. And then that one we actually submitted to the World Mustard Competition. So that's actually based in um, Wisconsin. Okay. That's actually at the National Mustard Museum. Did not know one of those existed. Yeah. I mean, it has like the biggest collection in the world of mustards, you know, and mustard paraphernalia and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, They have a huge festival in August. The Cleveland Caviar was the first one that won a bronze at the world for whole grain mustard. Okay. So then I was feeling good about myself. I was like, you know what? Let's try another one. So I was like, okay, we have this yellow one that's kind of fun. And Mm -hmm. so then I did one that was more brown based, you know, like a brown seed, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, it was, if it was crushed, it'd be very Cleveland flavor because Mm -hmm. it's very brown, you know, Mm -hmm. like stadium Mm -hmm. mustard and that kind of stuff. Um, So I left a hole again and again went with beer, you know, Cleveland beer. Okay. Um, So this one was more zesty, more zippy. So it was a total different profile. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, something different. Maybe people like it. And that's when the Good Food Awards, uh, I joined them 
and I submitted that one, and and that actually won. Is that the pepped up? Pepped up one, yeah. Okay. So that one in uh, two years ago. So it's like the same year, original one yeah. at the world thing, and then pepped up won a good food award, and then a lot of weird stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, a lot. Yeah. So it was like, all right, so twenty one. What are we gonna do? You know, th- or in twenty. So then I submitted again to the world, and that's when we launched, like, uh, the Mercedes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the pair of Mercedes is, like, I mean, I've actually made it in Italy. It's as close as I can do legally. I'm not allowed to do mustard oil. Uh, I can't produce mustard oil. Okay. Um, you could, I think you're allowed to actually use it as an ingredient, or, but you can't manufacture it. It's an FDA no-no. Oh. Um, so I had to simulate the heat, because that's what... Marstata, actually, yeah, I should explain that. Marstata traditionally is a candied fruit okay. in a mustard syrup. Oh, wow. So, And the mustard bit is the olive oil, mm. um, the oil pressed, but we're not allowed to do that. So I, I replaced that with chilies. Oh. So it's clear. You see the bits of the uh, pear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to make it more of a mustard because... It's a little bit too foreign unless you grew up on it or if, you know, you bought it like Gallucci's or somewhere around here. So it's like that one I had to float like our mustard seeds into it. So then it looks kind of like aspic-y, you Mm, know what I mean? It looks kind of nice. So it might draw people to like, oh, maybe I'll try it. But because it's such a chunky process to make into Uh a jar, it takes a long time. I mean, like all the stuff is kind of handmade. We're slowly moving into automation. Mm -hmm. But that one is, it's just too chunky for like putting into like a machine to, you know, automate it. And that's not a mustard that is like, I guess you could spread it on a really hearty bread, but that's more of a charcuterie board, um, maybe a garnish to, um, you know, a pierogi or a piece of sausage or something like that. Is that how people typically would use a mustard like of that nature? Can do. Yeah. Cause it's, the thing is with like a marstata, it's, it's got like a trifecta thing. Cause it's like sweet, savory mm. and spicy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you can go all over the place. So like for here, I kind of guinea pigged it into a grilled cheese. As a grilled cheese, your mind thinks like a certain way. Yes. So like for us, I put it with, um, you know, nosh butters. Uh-huh. So we use, they make a, a cashew one with a little bit of almond cut into it. Mm-hmm. So we use that spread with it with mm-hmm. our spicy pear marstata oh. and then our cheese blend, like okay. our cheeses for uh-huh. the grilled cheese. Uh-huh. So it's, but people read it and they'll say, that's a peanut butter and jelly. Mm. But when we explain it to people and say, well, think about when you're eating a cheese and, and charcuterie board. You know, you're put, if you had Marcona almonds and your cheese and mm-hmm. then our spicy pear mustada, mm, that yeah. you can get understand and get yes. behind. But yeah. in a sandwich, it's like, no, that's like peanut butter right. and jelly hot <laughs> with but cheese. But it's so much more complex than that. Right. right. But it's pretty uh, oh. stellar flavors. Recap, uh, your <laughs> award winners with the Cleveland Food Award, uh, the Cleveland Caviar Original IPA, the Pepped Up what's that one called? Pepped up. Just pepped, pepped up. up. Pepped up on a good food. And, and then Bohemian uh, Blend. No, Spicy Pear Marstata won oh. Best Fruit Mustard in the World at the World Mustards. Okay. So I won gold. Wow. I know. That was the last year. Oh, my gosh. So kind okay. of like in the middle of the, you know, we were going yay, but it's hard to get like traction or of anybody course. to get excited about it. Because it's like, there's a lot going on. I can't just say, oh, good job doing a mustard. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a bright spot of last year for sure. And for people listening um, who, and most of the people listening are total um, artisan product wonks, um, the Good Food Foundation, it, you can go on their website and it's goodfoodfdn.org. It's a really cool way to see 
just artisan brands from all across the country in around 20 categories, like mm-hmm. pantry and um, and charcuterie and coffee. Uh, I think confections are on there. Um, so I don't know. It's If you like to shop and you like to support local vendors wherever they are, that's a really good resource for you. And I know that if you tuned into our interview today to uh, listen for, you know, some like really gooey um, cheese porn content. It is coming, but we're starting with <laughs> mustard because that's what you're doing now. And it's just, a, it's, you know, it goes with cheese, like mustard to me goes with cheese, whether it's on a sandwich or on a board. So I'm good with that. You moved to locations for a couple of reasons, and you're now in a different area of Old Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but the foot traffic is here. You've got, um, I mean, your store, the layout's different, but everything kind of looks the same. But I think you've had some major changes in what your focuses are. Tell me about where you're at today. I mean, us getting through pandemic and all that kind of stuff, that was sad and rough, obviously, because it's like, you know, sending everybody home. We, because we manufactured food and it was a food store, we could stay open. And I say we, that wasn't we, it was me. I remember so that. So it mm-hmm. was, you know, it was, it was rough to try to keep it going um, because there was, every, everybody had to be let go. And we didn't, it wasn't a giant staff. It was, you know, three or four hardworking people, mm-hmm. you know, and had to keep it safe for them. But what people might not have realized is, you know, trying to do, Cheese, <laughs> baking cheese, making the mustards, running the cheese shop. Mm-hmm. You know, that was all me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm superhero, glorious kind of thing. It was just do it or old Brooklyn cheese is gone. Yeah. That's it. It's finished. Yeah. So I had to just figure out how I can manage my time better. You know, we redu- I reduced the hours at the cheese shop, so I did more core hours. So it was like... Only like Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So sad. It was only like three days. Yeah. And he had to skip Thursdays just because, luckily, I shifted to like online. Mm, yes. You did that pretty well. So, mm-hmm. well, it was actually, it was because Mercado, it was through Mercado. Right. And they were asking me because they wanted to get into the Cleveland market. Okay. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. People drive everywhere. What's the point? Mm-hmm. It's Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go and get paid mm-hmm. for deliveries. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And this was before everything hit. And then they said, well, we're going to set up the West Side Market. We've offered it to them. And I'm like, okay, that makes more sense to have Mercado there because Mercado, oh, sure. you, pay, you only pay for one delivery. Yeah. And they would go pick up everybody's bags from the vendors, and you could shop at all your favorite vendors, and they'd bring it to your house. And this was pre-pandemic. Uh, right. And I was like, if they do it, I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm dead. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Ah. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. And then, I, you know, they, they hooked me up. They did mm-hmm. it, like, set it up for free and gave me a couple months free. And that was in February. Yeah. You know, and then a month later. How woo-hoo. lucky was that? Yeah. And the West Side Market, they just, the vendors didn't, couldn't, they didn't want to sign on to that. Yeah. Because it's inventory. They would need computers, printers. Um, they just, they yeah, didn't want to do it. getting them online with something like that is different than you making that decision yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that all together and then trying to run here, moving back, moving over to here, I decided I needed to save rent, really, because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a big expense. Mm-hmm. So I was living kind of large, having this as the production space. Right. And what you're sitting in right now had a desk over there, and uh-huh. there's a desk like here. Oh. That's it. It was all empty. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. okay, you we're using just the back end of the building for to make the mustards and, you know, make the cheese. I was like, all right. So I had another year at the uh, lease on Pearl Road, uh-huh. and it's a great spot. I loved yeah. it. It yeah. was the entrance of Old Brooklyn, right next to the zoo. But I talked to the owner of the building. And I said, if I find a tenant, can I 
will you let me out? I still have another year of my lease. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, find us, you know, find a good tenant. We'll be, you know, you can go. And I okay. was like, so okay. I found one. And then again, you know, I had to move everything yeah. alone Yeah. <laughs> and shift it. And I did it in five days. Wow. So I brought everything over and then I had to get somebody to like take the big fridges over. Yeah. And this space I only had, I wasn't going to make as big as it was over there. Mm-hmm. So I had half of the shop. Mm-hmm. So I have like another fridge like that. Mm-hmm. I had another mm-hmm. sandwich fridge. Mm-hmm. I had like double cheese shop here. Yeah. And then there was an opportunity at Van Aken. Uh-huh. And they said, do you want a kiosk? Yes. You know, and I'm like, all right, well, I have half of a right. shop. I don't have to buy anything. Right. You know, it's all ready to go. I just have to stick it over and shake her. Yeah. That so, seems like that seems like a good move. Yeah. So, I mean, it happened, which is not a good time to open <laughs> a brand new little place. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we opened in September, you okay. know, over a year and a half, mm-hmm, year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always constant flow. People are hungry yeah. there. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit different than a cheese shop. Yes. They go there hungry. Yes. I noticed. So, yeah, they graze. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of started as mostly cheese shop, little bit of food. And now it's dominated. Actually, I mean... The grab-and-go cheese and charcuterie boards, that's like number one seller. I believe it. You know, because it's it's kind of a no-brainer. And last year, I think that became a hub of activity when people were um, trying to be places where they could spread out but still sort of have some kind of, you know, meaningful experience. And they could support a lot of local vendors there, which is terrific. That was really smart. Mm-hmm. Well, so this location which is at 4464 Broadview Road, so not too far from where you were, is really the home of the famous Cheese Cave. So you were going back and forth. You were over here a lot. So do you like having everything kind of under one roof and convenient? Yeah, it's nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's you can just go into the cave and grab what you need, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I moved over here, I also decided because I was only producing cheese seasonally because mm-hmm. I was buying from Hartzler's, you know, and I was working with them and I kind of zeroed in on what we wanted to do flavor-wise for cheese. And I was still doing raw milk cow and they were the only people that would bring it to me. Mm. <laughs> so, but I was only going to do when they were sending the cows out again. Mm-hmm. So, and that takes like nine inches of grass where they are. The milk changes too much. It ah. tastes, you can taste it. Oh. But um, so basically they would let me know when they we were ready to send them out. Uh, and that was only seasonal. So I was only going to make from, say, like when people are allowed to grow, you know, like after Mother's Day okay. till almost oh, the end of August. I so don't think I knew that. I mm-hmm. was making the, the cheese in that kind of a season. And then, you know, right from March until then, I had to decide there's no way I can make cheese on top of what I'm doing. I was like, I sorry. I said, I I'm not making cheese this season. I'm done. Okay. You know? And there was a buildup, you know, of what I had in the cave. So I had some some inventory. Mm-hmm. And then I spoke with the end of the summer, the folks that own Canal Junction Cheese, mm-hmm. and their son is like top cheesemaker in the United States. Neat. Um, and he was working for Old Chatham Creamery, mm-hmm. and they're heavy on sheep's milk, and they're upstate. They're they're in New York. They said, look, you know, he's in trouble. You know, he can't make cheese anymore. Can you help him? Mm-hmm. And his name's Brian. And he's like, yeah, what do you want? He's like, do you want to age our cheeses? You know, you have a big cave. You know, we, you can do our cheeses, and then you can ship them to California. Or do you want us to make a cheese for you, and you can just turn it into your own old Brooklyn one? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'd rather do that, obviously. You know, <laughs> right. I don't want to. We're kind of like a cheese shop. I mean, yeah. yeah, we could still be a cheese shop, but then we lose that part of right. us. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. he's like, you, you know, sent me a different types of ones that he was excited about. Okay. Uh, we could have done like triple cream ones. And I thought, because there's a, you know, 
I've got, the, I, I wanted to stay with more of like an aged cheese. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going with the one that uh, it's like a triple milk Gouda. So it's a good blend of sheep, cow, and goat. I smile every time I think about it because it's like I know the time that it goes into making it. Yes. You know, and it, people don't realize how long it takes to make cheese. It's, it's not just the make of it. And then oh, it's very it's just, exacting. It's that and it's like a long time, you know, I mean, because it's like a lot of clean and, you know, it's like 10 hour days. Not constantly working. You sure, just have to go sure. back to of it. Of course, you know? of course. So it's like now I'm not having to do that. They make it and yeah. then ship it, you know, and I take okay. a pallet of it. That's And then I put it and then yeah. we do the age and the clean and da, da, da. And then we do rind treatments. So that's how I make it ours. So, yeah, I was just going to say, so you still touch it in a lot of ways, but the you've taken the more unwieldy part out of your, right? I mean, you're, you know, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're not... I don't picture you standing over this hot, hot, big, giant vat of milk and making that. That's that's somebody else is doing that now. But you're collaborating on the make, the 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 flavor profile of it. And then when it comes here, you're still actually able to um, what alter it, change it, um, make it uh, taste the way you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. the one that we're sticking with, you know, having as like an aged Gouda. I mean, there's a few things that we can do to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's a large format. It's about a nine-pound wheel. Oh, okay. So the rind treatment made sense because it can still leave intact mm-hmm. the deliciousness of the cheese. Mm-hmm. and then it, But it still has, like, our twist on it, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, keeping with the ones that I was making before, like mm-hmm. punk and pickle in the middle, mm-hmm. wine or red. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about doing a beer one with one of the, some kind of, uh, either a wash or... Just a, like a soaked one, mm-hmm. I like those. They mm-hmm. they have a nice smell, and the, the flavor on it gets kind of like mm. like roasted, nutty, kind yeah. of aromatic. So, but pick- that keeps us in the cheese game. Sure. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. So, again, I want to understand because you obviously have a cheese case. Are you making some cheeses, or is that on hold for right now? I just want to make sure I'm understanding you. Yeah, I've completely switched to affinage only. So, with us, it's aging our products, and then. The other part that I have now is we're also aging butter. Oh. That's what we put on our grilled cheeses. Wow. So that way it gives it an extra layer of umami on it. Yes. And it's like, you know, like that smell, that nuttiness of Reggiano? Yeah. Then you go, it makes you hungry. Yes, yes. Okay, that's what's happening with the grilled cheeses now. So that's why it's like, okay, you know, for us, we tried a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. mac and cheese and raclettes and Mm -hmm. raclette sandwiches. Yes, yes. And then in the end, like doing just... Grilled cheeses, but then, okay, all the grilled cheeses is, it's our cheese. Yes. Blends, you know, but it's mostly our cheese. And then all, every single sandwich is one of our mustards. So it's like, yeah. it makes sense. It's what we do. Cheese. Taste what we do. Mustard. Yeah. Butter. And now the aged, yeah, well, that's the other one too, because now people want to buy the butter. Ah. So it's like, you know, it, it doesn't do, take on any of the the... Kind of like the microbes that are happening um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. till about 28 days is because if you taste it like at two weeks, unless you know, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's very like mm-hmm. nuanced. Mm-hmm. But once you hit like past 28 and more, you're like, what's going on? This is this is not like regular butter. It's like this is something cool. Mm-hmm. So and you really taste it and you smell it, especially when it's griddling. You yeah. know, when oh, I here. Well, we'll have to talk about that when we're done here. <laughs> you know, so it seems to me, because I'm seeing your face and I'm feeling that enthusiasm coming from you. You've had some hurdles. Um, you've turned them, I think, into opportunities, as most small businesses that I talk to have, because you kind of don't have a choice. It's a mm-hmm. sort of a survival thing. But 
I think it's pretty neat that you've evolved and you're really morphing the store into something not only more manageable, but I see you getting excited about these new directions. And you're also still a store where you carry a bunch of other local products. It's mm-hmm. terrific. Yeah. You're curating some really neat things here. So tell me what your goals are. You know, be a little fortune teller here. What what are your goals for 2022? What does the future hold for or Brooklyn cheese or Brooklyn mustards? Oof, a lot. Uh, I mean, right now, you know, it's like always easy to like do the like shiny fun things, you know, which is like mustard right now is getting a lot of attention, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, especially like obviously with like Simon plugging it on mm-hmm. the Food Network and then, you know, winning stuff. But the other part that I wanted to do was like, okay, I've, I've worked out the kinks on the, the cheeses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a consistent product. I mean, I had a rough time at pandemic because I was, you know, some of the cheeses were failing and cracking and it's always a nightmare mm-hmm. and it's tears and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> this is kind of like, okay, so the cheeses are there. They, they taste great. You know, we can add a couple if we need to. Um, the cheese shops, like you said, with doing the local products, you know, mm-hmm. I can't wait for the day because every Saturday we'd always have somebody local and they can meet the meet customers and talk about themselves mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. we're, you know, because everybody loves where they're from. Why oh, are you yeah. doing it? So, I mean, we have a good amount, you know, of Cleveland product. I mean, we have space to do it. We always invite people in, you know, um, you know, and the other half of it for us is, you know, we kind of have an incubator or like a rentable kitchen. Mm-hmm. So we have like three or four companies that produce here also. Cool. Because that's kind of like how I had to chop. That's like 22 is like chopping Old Brooklyn Cheese Company. Yeah. Now into you have Shaker Heights, mm-hmm. which is kind of standalone, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, Cleveland's so separate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so true. You know, and. It, it's still the cheese shop. It's still, you know, the grilled cheeses and all the, the mm-hmm. snacks and the, the cheese and charcuterie boards. The cheese shop here has more space mm-hmm. so we can actually promote more other local producers, mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously our cheeses and our mustards, but, mm-hmm. you know, the full cheese um, shop kind of like experience. Um, eventually we could do dine in again. I don't know when. I'm, sure. I'm thinking March. Right. Hopefully. I mean, we do takeaway, but. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's I know everybody's yeah. Everybody's sensibilities very different. Um, you know that you were running the gamut of feelings about things. You know, different people have different ideas of when when that can happen. I have tried many local products shopping at your store because you know you, one thing that I you're always so good at is is tasting and. Um, you know, encouraging people. You're just so knowledgeable. It's so helpful to ask a question about like today, I know I need to buy some Fontina and I was really excited to see some Fontina in there. But, um, you know, the oils, the mustards, um, and I just met Ian with uh, Fuego hot sauce and barbecue sauce. So tell me a little bit about some of the products that you do have in here. Home Pantry, I'm very familiar with. In fact, I think I first tried a home pantry jam buying it at your store. I did not know they made some of these other things. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about what I'm looking at. I'm staring right at these beautiful bottles of Fuego. So tell me a little bit about Fuego and how you know Ian. Yeah, Fuego Fermentations, he came to Rent Kitchen Space to make his products. Mm -hmm. So it's fermented hot sauces and barbecue sauces. Mm -hmm. And then I I needed somebody to help with the mustard production because it was getting out of control. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we started going into, like, Heinen's and Market District and Hy-Vee and mm-hmm. all these other ones. Mm-hmm. And from that, I was like, I need help. And if you know somebody like from the kitchens, can you can you tell me like 
mm, send me some like kitchen staff, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that want to transfer from restaurant to food production. Yeah. Seemed and, like a good time for that. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, eh, you don't have to, you know, do the, the 80 hours a week and all this other kind of stuff. So he's like, hey, I, I'd like to do it, you know. Uh, and then, you know, he's like, it'd be easy for me because mm-hmm. then I can do, you know, other days or yeah. when I'm done, I'll do what I need to do. You know, because fermented products and stuff, you, you set it and you let it do its thing. Yeah. And then, you know, massage it and all that kind of stuff. So... It was good that uh, it was a good opportunity, and it's been an amazing, you know, having them here. And it just keeps, I mean, obviously the mustards keep getting busier yeah. and busier. Yeah. Um, you know, and like Home Pantry, she's been producing out of here for over a year, maybe even longer, a year mm-hmm. and a half. Okay. Ooh. But she has, she's known for her jams. Oh, but for sure. All of her pantry stuff now, I mean, she was just on New Day yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, she has, like, the mixes, like, soup mixes and, like, um cookie mixes and salt and all the, there's a lot of product going on. I was looking at those soup mixes on a day like today when it's going to be, what, 17 degrees. Sounds like a good idea. Well, and Cleveland ketchup is over there. I've, the Cleveland Chocolate Company. I mean, it's, and and not everything is necessarily from here, but you've curated, you know, you're a one-stop shop, I think, uh, you know, and and I think you really hit your stride with those, the charcuterie boards in like the, the, sort of like the pizza boxes. I mean, you got really, and the advent calendars. I mean, You've really, which I enjoyed one year. It was so fun. I mean, you've been creative. I know you've only been, it's been like, what, five years? I feel like you've been here forever. I feel Uh like you're just the Cleveland cheese guy. Uh, You had shared with me when we were talking about setting up the interview, some, a pretty cool development with your mustards. Is that something you can talk about? Taps, yeah. tap. Uh, That's what I'm trying to engineer now. (laughs) This is like the first week where I've been able to like, because we've been behind on production. Yes. I worked, uh, I found a local uh, ceramicist. So it's Three Bear Pottery. So Karen produces in her um, studio. Yeah. yeah. Her studio. She's over in Independence. Oh. So I asked her, I said, you know, this is the idea I want because um, I collect mu- mustard pots. Yes, so, I see them. That's a really cute evolution, yes. your mustard pots. And you have like two separate kinds. It's more like like England and stuff is like silver with the glass lining. And then you have continental European, which is like ceramic, you know. So I was like, I want a traditional one of those. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be cool to sell. So she made them and I was like, these are the greatest thing ever. And so she, she started knocking them out for us for Christmas. And I was like, this is the idea I want to do mm-hmm. is glass is so hard to get now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're backed up a yeah. long time, mm-hmm. you know, materials, mm-hmm. everything's going up. The mustard crop, we just, I just did the mustard conference yesterday for the the world hunt Mm -hmm. and they lost they underproduced by 54 percent because of the amount of rains in because it's all from saskatchewan so the guys the farmers that we buy the must the mustard farmers are in saskatchewan yeah oh they produce 85 percent of the mustard in the world never knew that Mm -hmm. that is a very interesting trivia question i would never have guessed that yeah that's where almost all mustard comes from in the world. Okay. So, but they got hit with heavy rains and also they were above 90 degrees half the summer. Mm. So they, yeah. it's like now there's no mustard. Wow. Like if you wanted to buy yellow mustard seed directly, huh. it's gone till next year. Okay. So all that crop is done. So that's double the price of mustard. All right. So mustard's going up. Mm-hmm. You know, glass, lids, you know, all these things, you know, all, all, everything. All and the stuff that cons- the consumer 
I mean, obviously we can go somewhere and see empty shelves, but we don't always know the why behind Mm -hmm. it. And what you're saying is there's two or three reasons why something may not work out the way you planned. Exactly. Ah. Well, the, the whole thing with the pottery and the mustard pots that we had made is to just in our little, you know, Northeast Ohio, Mm -hmm. I thought it would be a cool idea. And plus who wouldn't want mustard on tap, you know, like a beer tap. I would totally want that. You know, and of course I had myself thinking like Homer Simpson under the tap, (laughs) drinking it, but it made sense also because then people could buy the the pot, support also, Mm -hmm. you know, Karen, who's making these, these gorgeous mustard pots and then they can come in they buy it and then just bring it in clean and we'll right. refill it. And you don't have to pay for the glass, the label, the lid, yeah. you know, all the extras, you know, and, and you just come in and get it. And it's like way less. Once I figure out how to do it, because ours is, we have, obviously it's whole seeds. So the it's hard. Mm. It, a normal beer tap doesn't mm-hmm. work because mm-hmm. it's liquid. Sure. So the viscosity on that doesn't work. So I had to go to a manufacturer of that and they're... This was one that's in Texas, but their main one is in Munich, Germany. And they hooked me, they sent me a test tap that they use at the Oktoberfest. Uh-huh. And they said, this thing whizzes up beer like crazy. They can fill, you know, you ever drink a yard of beer? Um, not very at recently a- at all, <laughs> but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Well, those, they can fill one. Yes. You know, they have like 300,000 people. Yeah. At the real, you know, the yes, one in Munich. Yes, the real one. Mm-hmm. This thing can fill beer like like a fire hose. Okay. So he's like, if this doesn't work, you can't do it. Oh. <laughs> so he sent it to me. Okay. And so now I'm working out how to do, because I don't know beer stuff. So it's like, just test it, see, and hopefully we don't explode the hoses and all the things and the uh-huh. pressure. Uh-huh. So now, now I have nitrogen tanks. I have to do like all these different lines and it's bigger gauging and just to try to get like our seeds. Once the seeds are there, um, I think I can do the whole tap and... I'm going to start with one, and then because I'm coming out with more and more mustards, it works. So yeah. now I just have to figure out, I'm going to put it in the back corner, yeah. and then that way it's a little display of its own section. And then we've sold quite a few pots. Uh, they're adorable. Well, it's very mad scientist, what you've just described, but it's also very practical. It makes perfect sense, and it's exciting. I feel like that's, I don't know, I would come and see that. I think that would make me eat it. a lot more mustard. <laughs> I was going to say drink a lot more mustard because we were talking about taps, but... Um, your creativity and your, I don't know, your drive to evolve, I think, is really uh, the secret to your longevity. I mean, I know you work hard. You know what I miss about the old location? Maybe you'll laugh. I don't know. Maybe you miss it, too. I miss the big sign that was made um, with the stickers, mm. with the cheese stickers. I think it might be for along that there. Ah, uh, you're going to put it up. Yeah. How did you move it? How did you? I left it. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Somebody okay. had to scrape that off. <laughs> so you might start a new one. Yeah. Why not? It was really cool. I loved seeing that. I didn't know if I had enough. Yeah. It's compacted. Well, that was a big sign. That was yeah. big. That was a lot of cheese stickers on that. But it was really fun to come in and see um, see how that developed. All right. I have a very important question for you, Michael. Tell me what are the top three most popular grilled cheese sandwiches that you make here? What are people clamoring for? Broadview is number one. The Broadview is like a, it's like a cheese shop version of Reuben. We're putting prosciutto in there. Mm. So it's it's our cheese blend, Mm -hmm. original IPA. And instead of, we used to do like like a kraut. So we took that out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then instead with this one, we replaced and put, because uh, 
kind of wanted more of like, not like a stoner sandwich, but I kind of like that. Uh-huh. There's potato chips in it to replicate like oh, roasted potatoes, uh-huh. you know? So kind of like having like a raclette dish. Okay. You know, where, because that was like a huge event every other Saturday. Yes. We do that. Yes. Well, we can't have 200 people coming through. Yeah. So that's gone. So to have that kind of mm-hmm. in your idea of the potatoes and our mustard and the melted gooey mm, cheese. That sounds fantastic. It's kind of like that. Okay. And that's the broad view. Yeah. Okay. Tell me another one. They always like turkey. <laughs> I, for me, okay, I'm not early. I, I like turkey Thanksgiving. That's about it. But turkey all year round, people love. Turkey and cheese? Turkey and cheese, like a hot? Yeah. Is I mean, that you do well, it hot? How do you do it? This one, because every sandwich has got a layer of what we make. Okay. So it's our blend of cheese, mm-hmm. but then one of our mustards. Mm-hmm. So this one has, this is one of the new, we'll say new style of Merstata. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, like a suspended, like candied fruit. It's more of like a jam with mustard in it. Mm, okay. So this one is, it's a berry bourbon Merstata. So this one is, you get the smoke from the bourbon. The berries are cranberry mm-hmm. uh, with blueberry. And then it's kind of like an old fashioned thrown in. Mm. So that with turkey and then the melted gooey cheese. Okay. It's kind of like not Thanksgiving-ish, but... Yeah. That's actually what we were kind of like promoted or uh, also for the berry bourbon is if you want to amp up your cranberry relish or whatever. Oh, Take a jar of this, see how the family likes it. You know, you'll probably get a split. Some people have to have the tin of it. Oh, sure. Cranberry jelly. I make my own cranberry sauce, though. It's so easy. When you realize yeah. how easy it is, of course you make your own. But I adding a, a jar of that would really kickstart it. I think that's a great idea. Well, again, your creativity is it's legendary at this point. I really feel like you've done a fantastic job taking what you've been dealt and turning it into some sunshine (laughs) as best as you can. No sunshine today. It's gray and 17 degrees here in Cleveland, but that's okay. I really appreciate you uh, reaching out. I know, um, I mean, I'm a fan. Cleveland's a fan of what you do. Um, You're a fixture in the community at this point for your, um, your depth of knowledge on cheese. And now you're moving into these new areas. It's so exciting. So congratulations on your award. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I know for me personally, it's great to have a spot where I can come in and be educated. Uh, It just helps me make better shopping decisions. And, um, you know, for the food adventurers that are listening, um, you're still doing that. And uh, they just need to get familiar and make sure they get to this new location and see all of the new things that you're doing or the location at Van Aken, which is equally exciting for you. Congratulations. Thanks for being on the CLE Foodcast today. Thanks for having a chat. The CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork in the Road Productions, and my sound engineer is Bill Connors. This episode is made possible with support from Chef Douglas Katz and the Katz Group of Restaurants, Zug, Chimmy, and Amba. Keep up to date on what Doug is doing over at ChefDouglasKatz.com. And this is my CSA PSA. When you join a CSA, that's Community Supported Agriculture, you make a financial commitment to a farmer up front and then reap the benefits all season long. It's really not too early to start thinking about your summer local CSA. A few of my favorites are Fresh Fork Market, City Fresh, Ohio City Farm, and Purple Brown Farm Store. And many local farms also take direct orders. Check out the offerings from Yellow House Cheese, Tea Hills Farm, and New Creation Farm, just to name a few. Information is found on their websites. Have a great week, everyone. Stay warm and snuggly in the best way possible. And of course, stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table. <laughs>